My name is Will, and I'm the pastor here at Kern Church, and it's a joy to welcome you here to worship at Kern. Kern, we're committed to longing and hope by connecting you to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to other folks. I want to invite you now to join me in a spirit of prayer. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this time. I pray that as people are, are worshiping you this morning, that your spirit is blessed. That, that you are lifted high and that you will open the hearts of each one who is here to consider the, the miracles and the breakthroughs that they might need in their lives and the ways that you have come through in the past. Give this all to you in the name of Jesus. After worship last week, we, had, uh, we hosted a family outing to Oaks Farm. I know many participated in this, and this is one of those farms that uh, hosts a, a fall corn maze and pumpkin patch. I have to say, though, I did not realize that pumpkin patch it meant you get on the back of a, a hayride. There's no hay on the, the tractor, the trailer, by the way, and, and then you're taken down a bumpy, dusty road uh, until you get to the pumpkin patch, but it's really just an open field where people dump pumpkins in. There, there's no patch. It's just a patch of grass. And so these pumpkins might as well have come from Walmart. So I'm a little disappointed, by the way, in the pumpkin patch. Just a full disclaimer. Uh, but it was a great time. And uh, about 40 of us from the church participated and went, were able to went out in the midst of some sickness. Um, my family has had its share of sickness. I've got three sick right now. Uh, I, like this whole month of October has just been sickness in my household. So if you're inclined to pray, pray for us. Um, that's what I'm praying for, uh, for my own family. But uh, the, the, it, was a, it was a great time. Smelling kettle corn, I only smell kettle corn. I never eat it after breaking a tooth a few years ago. So just a full disclaimer there. But, it, but the smell of kettle corn puts me in a good mood. And, and, um, and, and just being able to see all the fun uh, fall-themed games that people are engaging with. And as I was talking with, as I was talking with folks, several of the folks on, on our trip, to Oaks Farm, that, that, that for many, this is kind of a tradition in their families, that, that, that going to this one place and seeing the sights and being able to, to celebrate this festive season kind of helps get them into the mood of fall. And I think it's only natural to celebrate this time of year because human beings have been celebrating the harvest season for uh, for. I mean, probably since human beings have been harvesting things, like for a really long time. And now most you and I are, are kind of like removed from the actual work of harvesting. We go to Food City and Kroger and, and Aldi and IGA and all whatever grocery store you can get to to do our harvesting, most of us. But, but for some, they're still, they're still harvesting crops and still participating in this. Uh, and the celebration continues. And of course, the celebration continues with, with fall-themed crafts, with, with vegetables, uh, seasonal vegetables at farmer's markets, with, with uh, feasts like Thanksgiving. The Germans are really good at this with Oktoberfest. I mean, you know, you take your harvest and then you do something productive with it. You make beer. I mean, that's in celebrate with it. That's, uh, that, there we go. That's, uh, that's worthy of a round of applause. And, 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 and here at Kern, we're, we're, we're celebrating this afternoon with, with Trunk or Treat, this, this great, great celebration with our community. And, and today, I want to talk to you about harvesting, but not harvesting in the farming sense, because today we're beginning a message series about harvesting breakthrough in your lives. Harvesting breakthrough in your life. Really, for the past year, I've, I've been the pastor of this church for almost a year and a half now, and for the past year, we have been praying for breakthroughs and miracles in our church 
and in our lives. This is something that, that many of us are very intentional about praying. In fact, in, in your bulletin, if you have a bulletin with you, we have a spot that says Breakthrough Prayer and, and a call for the whole congregation to join at a specific time to pray a specific prayer, asking God to, to produce miracles and to break through in our lives. And over the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at some of the practices that you can participate in to be able to find this breakthrough, to be able to find these miracles in your life. And I, I want you to know that these practices are prayer, these practices are service, and these practices are generosity. And, and today, as we get started, we're focusing right on prayer, because I think prayer is where it all begins, and I think prayer is perhaps the most important. And the reason I think prayer is perhaps the most important is by looking at this guy named Jesus. And, and Jesus, he was, he was walking around the earth about 2,000 years ago, healing people, doing, doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. And, and one of the things that Jesus always did is that he got away. He, he got away from the hustle and bustle of life, from all his responsibilities that he was going about doing to pray. And his, his followers, the people called disciples that were closest to him, noticed that Jesus was always getting away to pray, that he was always taking time out of his normal schedule when, um, when you could be like watching Netflix. Jesus was taking time instead of watching Netflix. He was, um, he, he was, he was getting away to, to pray, and, and Jesus' followers saw that he was doing this. And, and they were interested in this because they knew it did something. If something was powerful, they weren't really sure about it. And, and so they asked Jesus one day, they said, Jesus, why don't you teach us how to pray? Why don't you teach us how to pray? And Jesus does teach them how to pray, actually. And this is recorded a couple times in the Bible. Jesus teaches them uh, what is known as the Lord's Prayer. And the most common way we say it in English, and if you want to say this with me, you're welcome to, uh, uh, is, is this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. This is the most common way that here in this church we, we say the Lord's Prayer. And it uses some kind of old language uh, that, that still kind of sticks around. But it, it's this prayer that Jesus teaches his followers. And there is so much in this prayer that, that we could spend weeks upon weeks of trying to really dig into what Jesus is trying to teach us here, but, but one piece I want to focus on today is, is a piece of this prayer that promises power and, and promises, promises power for miracles. And that's the part that, that says that Jesus invites his, his followers to, to pray for God's will to be done. God's will be done. What, what the Lord's Prayer says is, is thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, asking God's will to be done. And when we talk about God's will, we are really talking about God's purposes and God's wishes, the things that God wants to accomplish, the things that God wants to accomplish in your life, the thing that God wants to accomplish throughout all of life, and the, God's purposes, what God is determined to do. And so in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray not just for God's will, but that God's will will be done. God's will be done. 
Now, the Bible was not originally written in the English language. The Bible was originally written in Greek. And, and so in the original language of the Bible, this word that is translated be done, it literally means come into existence. Not like your cake is done. It means come into existence. It means to arise or appear into history. And this, this phrase be done is often used to describe miracles, miracles being performed. About this, uh, someone who taught me about prayer wrote that Jesus was teaching his companions to add prayer, inviting God to break through current reality into new possibilities. That, that Jesus is, is literally inviting, inviting God's people, the people of God, to pray, to invite God to, to break through and, 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 and into current reality with new possibilities. The way I like to say it is that Jesus taught His followers to pray for miracles and to expect God to make it happen. As we focus on prayer, I want to tell you a story about the power of prayer that is felt Jesus' followers. And if you have been with us for a while, you will likely recognize this story because this is perhaps my favorite story in all the Bible about prayer. In fact, every time I, I talk about prayer, I seem to come back to this story in the Bible. And so um, I, I think it is so powerful and it speaks to really how important prayer is in your life and in the life of the church. And so if you have a Bible and you want to follow along, I'm going to be looking at, at Acts chapter 4. Now Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament. The first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are books that tell about, this, tell about Jesus. They, they tell the stories of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, what Jesus did in life. And then the fifth book of the Bible talks about what happens after Jesus. It talks about kind of the history of the early church. In fact, Acts is the short form of the title of this book. It's really the Acts of the Apostles. And apostles is just a word talking about people who tell people about Jesus. And so it's talking about the Acts, the things that happen with the early church. And, and so what happened is that the early church was under threat from the authorities. And leading up to what I'm about to read in Acts chapter 4, two of their leaders, guys by the name of Peter and John, they are arrested for telling people about Jesus. Then they kind of miraculously get let go and the authorities are like, hey guys, don't tell anybody about Jesus anymore and I'll let you go home. And they're like, well, you can do whatever you want to with us because we're not going to stop telling people about Jesus. And for some reason, they let them go Anyways, and when they let them go, they return to the church, to, to, to the early church, to the other followers of, of Jesus, and, and they share with them what happened in being in, in thrown in prison for these, these few this, this period of time. And then everybody kind of begins to pray. And so I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 24. And here's what, here's what we find there. We read that they listen. Now that's not Peter and John. Peter and John tell everybody what's happened. And so everybody else, the rest of the congregation, is listening. They listened, and then they lifted their voices in unison to God, 
saying, Master, you are the one who created the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. And then they started to thank God um, for who God is. They, they started to praise God for the many ways that God has brought miracles and salvation in, in years past. And then they started to pray for their difficulties, the hard things that they were suffering, the hard things that were going on right now. They asked God then to break through and bring miracles of new hopes, dreams, and possibilities in their midst. And, and this is what they pray in verse 29. Now, Lord, take note of their threats. It's the threats of the authorities, the people. Now, Lord, take notes of their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with complete confidence or boldness. Stretch out your hand to bring healing and enable signs and wonders to be performed through the name of Jesus, your holy servant. God, help us to be bold and, 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 and stretch out your hand and bring miracles of healing into your land through the name of Jesus. Through the name of Jesus. Now, often, often when people pray, they don't always know if their prayers are going to be answered. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but if you've prayed, you may not know if your prayer is going to be answered or even if God hears your prayers. But remember, Jesus teaches his followers to pray for miracles and expect them to happen. And that's exactly what ends up happening in, in just the next verse. So just after they prayed, something begins to happen. God begins to move, and we find out what happens in verse 31. After they prayed, we read, the place where they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking the Word of God with confidence. And this is exactly what they prayed for. They prayed that they would have the confidence and boldness to, to continue to speak the Word of God in the midst of difficult times, and they prayed for God to do wonders and miracles in their midst. And so the room began to shake, they were filled with the Spirit, and, and, and God brought miracles in their presence prompted by, by prayer for breakthrough and for miracles, God moves. And this is the practice of God that inspired me to invite you about a year ago to begin praying for miracles. And if you're new here at Kern, this is what breakthrough prayer is all about. In breakthrough prayer, we are asking for God's resurrection power to break through like it did in, in the book of Acts, like we just read, and to bring miracles. Bring miracles in our community that's hungry and, and lonely. Bring miracles in your life. Bring miracles in our midst. And there is something powerful that happens when God's people pray. But maybe you're thinking, I thought God was supposed to know everything. Why should I pray? If God knows everything already, why should I even bother praying? Why should I bother to take the time? Why should God even listen to me if God knows everything? Or, or if God knows what I need, why should I, why should I even bother to pray for that? Is it a little selfish to even ask for something in my own life? I mean, if you've ever thought this, I want you to know that these are excellent questions. And this is also a question, these are also questions that one of our small groups has been dealing with over the past few few weeks. See, over the past several weeks, I've been leading a, a, a small group about prayer. It's called the Prayer Course. And, and this course is, has looked at prayer in many different ways. And this question of, of what's the purpose of prayer if God knows everything and is all-powerful, 
This question has come up time and time again. And what I want to tell you is that one of the things that I have most learned from this course, this time focusing on prayer, is that while God probably does know everything you need, somehow God waits for God's people to ask before making it happen. Even though God probably knows everything that you need in life, for some reason, God waits for God's people to ask for it before God makes it happen. You see, God gives you free will. God gives you a free spirit. And God uses your free will and and, and your prayers to then respond in miracles. Your free will and the prayers you pray to respond in miracles. In the Old Testament, this is the, the first part of the Bible, there's a book in the Bible called Second Chronicles. And this is, this is a long book that talks about the history of, of the people of God. And it's the Second Chronicles because there's a First Chronicles. It was so long they had to split it in two. And, and so it's a long book. But one time, God is speaking to the king of, of, of the nation. The king's name is Solomon. And God begins this conversation with Solomon saying, I have heard your prayer. I have heard your prayer. So so God heard Solomon's prayer. And it's only when God heard Solomon's prayer that God decided to respond. And here's what God responded in 2 Chronicles chapter chapter 7. It said this, When I close the sky so that there is no rain, or I order the locusts to consume the land, or I send a plague against my people, if my people who belong to me will humbly pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. And I want to suggest to you that here in this passage from Second Chronicles, we learn three little words that really describe how God moves to bring breakthrough and miracles in life through prayer. Pete Gregg, he's the author of the prayer course that I mentioned a few moments ago, is the one who pointed this out in Bible study, and it's stuck with me ever since. And the words are when, if, and then. So three little words that kind of speak and and highlight how God moves to bring miracles in prayer are are when, if, and then. Because God says uh, when things go wrong. That's verse 13. When things go wrong, and we know that things go wrong because you live it in your life. It's not if things go wrong, it's when things will go wrong. Uh, Because we know that life is hard, we know that things can be difficult, and we know that things will go wrong. So when things go wrong, God says, if my people will pray. If my people will pray. Now, often perhaps if you're a person of faith, you're thinking, yeah, well, it's not if my people will pray, it's when people will pray. Because we know that people pray. We know that the church is supposed to pray. We know that followers of Jesus are supposed to pray. But how many times have you done something else instead of pray? How many times have you worried about something instead of pray? How many times perhaps have have you told somebody that you would pray for them and and then you forgot to do it? Or or maybe you did it one time or or two times, but then it kind of slipped your mind and and, and something got in your way of of, of praying. Something, Something gets in the way of or maybe you just forget to pray. So it's not a given that, that the people of God will necessarily pray when things go wrong. So God says, when things go wrong, if my people will pray, then I will hear. 
Then I will hear, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. When things go wrong, if my people will pray, then I will hear their prayers, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. You see, friends, God can do anything that God wants to do, but God wants to involve you. God wants to involve you in the breakthrough and miracle-making process. So God has established prayer as a way of inspiring God to action. So if God's people pray, God interferes and intervenes, God breaks through. And we have seen how this works. One of the great examples from history that, that I love is, is, is the story of prayers for peace during the late 80s, or really through all the 80s, in, in, in communist East Germany that led to the opening of the Berlin Wall. You see, what, people, what happened is that people began meeting in churches in the town, or in a church in the town of Leipzig and, in East Germany and began praying for peace in their town. They just began praying for peace, and they were praying for God to, to break through international tensions and, and to bring peace. And this is something that went on for years. People continued to pray for years and years. And, and then by the fall of 1989, this prayer movement had reached thousands and began to spread beyond Leipzig. And people started bringing their prayers, not just inside the church, but people started bringing their prayers into the streets and there was fear as the East German government was, was organizing to suppress revolt. So, so they had you know, machine guns ready. They had troops ready to, to suppress some type of revolt that they were afraid of that, that might happen. And, and so you had aid stations that were being set up in churches and, and ways to take care of people who might be, be injured. And estimates vary, but at least 70,000 people gathered in the streets with candles United in prayer, chanting no violence. And, 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 this, and this, this, this movement in the town of Leipzig began to spread through all of East Germany. And, and one reporter writes that, that people held their breath, thinking that, thinking that there was going to be violence, but people held their breath. But in the end, the state took no action. And these prayer protests spread to other East German cities, and this eventually led to the opening of the Berlin Wall within a few weeks. Now, the Communist Party in East Germany thought they, had, thought they had things under control. They were mobilized and ready for action. And it's reported that one communist official said this. He said, we were ready for anything. Ready for anything except prayers and candles. Except prayers and candles. But if the people of God pray... If the people of God pray, God then hears and responds in ways that promise breakthrough and promise miracle. So I want to invite you to pray. I want to invite you to pray. And, and when I think about harvesting breakthrough in your life, it all begins with prayer. And I know that, that some of you have experienced miracles and breakthroughs in your life. And so I want to give you an opportunity to share. Inside your bulletin, there's a, there's a, a whatever color this is, it's off-white, I don't know, ivory, um, tan. There's a card that, that says Breakthrough Prayer at Kern, 
And I want to, to give you just a moment to, to, to think about this. There are pens in, in the chairs that you can fill this out. So I want you to be, first begin thinking, you know, thinking back through your life, how have I experienced breakthroughs and miracles in my life? I want to invite you to share the story. Share whatever story that, that you may have about how you've experienced breakthroughs and miracles in your life. Or, or maybe you, you can't think that. Like, things are so hard right now, you can't even think past today. And so, you're like, I don't know, preacher. I don't know, Will. Um, I, I, I can't think of a time that God's really broken through in my life, but I need a breakthrough right now. I need a miracle right now. And if that's you, I want to invite you in the, in the second question to, to write down how we can be praying for miracles in your life. How can we be praying for breakthroughs in your life? And what we're going to do is, is we're going to, to bring these together as a church. You can also, there's a, there's a way to complete this online if you scan the QR code and go to kernchurch.org next, and you can fill this card out online. And, and we're going to compile these stories of breakthrough and miracles. We're going to share them with each other to, to encourage one another. And, and, if, and if you've got a situation in your life where you know you need miracles and you know you need breakthroughs today, we are going to share those as well and, 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 and pray for you and pray for miracles. You can include your name on here, and, and, and if you want us to share your name with the story, just check the box that you want us to share your name with the story. If not, we'll make sure that things stay anonymous, and, and we, will, we will continue to ask people to pray. So right now, I'm going to say a word of prayer, and we're just going to, Chris is going to play, and I'm just going to give you a few moments to, to complete this and to, to think through how God has, has, has provided miracles in your life or maybe how you need a miracle today. I know I need a miracle of just a well household in my family, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm putting down. That's what I'm going to be praying for and invite you to pray with me. And then, and then after you, you write these down, I'll invite you just to bring them up. Bring them up and put them at the cross. And we will celebrate the breakthroughs and pray for the miracles. God, I thank You that, that You invite us to pray. That when things go wrong, You said if we'll just pray, that, that then You will hear our prayers and You will respond. And so God, I pray that for everyone here today who, who needs a breakthrough and a miracle in their life, that You will move in a powerful way. And I also pray that for those that have stories of breakthrough and miracles to share, that You will use them to encourage each other. Encourage one another as we as we seek you. Amen. God, you are a God of breakthrough, and I pray that you release your resurrection power to break through and bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities in our church and in each life that is here and in each person that will celebrate at Trunk or Treat and into our community in Oak Ridge and Anderson County and the greater Knoxville metro area. Will you bring these miracles? Grant to us Your boldness to follow You into Your new and unknown future. May Your Spirit come and Your will be done. Amen. I want to invite you to stand as you're able to receive a blessing this morning. May the Lord of breakthroughs and miracles bless you this day and send you forth to celebrate in mighty ways in your life this week. Go with the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. 
You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks, and have a blessed day.